Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan Bergenison, and we have a really interesting post-holiday episode about holiday travel. Mm-hmm. And we have some wonderful friends and co-hosts with us tonight to talk about this fun 1980s era film. I'm Blake. I'm your travel expert. Ooh, travel. This is Brian. I'm your train expert. And I suppose I'm all the the planes and automobile expert then since you're just doing trains, right? That is correct. All right. So You are the booking agent <laughs> for for this travel down your podcast. Yeah. Dan, Dan, I want my effing car with the effing wheels and effing key. I want it effing now. Effing now, yes. Yeah. So and wipe that effing <laughs> smile off your face. So Neil Page, played by Steve Martin, who's an advertising person in New York, yep, yep. New York, back in the 80s, where you could actually catch a cab on the street. You didn't have to Uber or you didn't have to use an app. Yep, you just yep. stood out there and waved your arm. Had competed with... Somebody who's six degrees of separation from everybody. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Who I forgot was in the movie until you just said that. He's in genuinely one scene. He's one scene. Well, no, they do a couple of different shots of them running down the street. In a single scene. It's still the same scene. Uh, He's outside the cab and he's inside the cab. Yeah. But it's still the same time and place. Yeah. But anyway, what movie are we talking about, Dan? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Nicely done. Thank you. Or trains, planes, and automobiles. And what is it? Which is it? It's planes, trains, and automobiles. Are you sure? Yeah. With Steve Martin and John Candy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and this was, this is this is a film that was done by someone who's done many many films, John Hughes. Yeah, written and directed. And we were just momentarily ago chatting about like how many different films from that era he did. And how randomly he just disappeared off the the face of directing and movies and stuff. Yeah. It's just like he was there one day and the next he was gone. But that's okay. He was a powerhouse throughout the 80s, man. He did uh, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, uh, Uncle Buck. He wrote the first draft of Home Alone, which 80s to early 90s? Yeah. yeah. Whatever got made, it was yeah. like early a 90s. solid 80s uh, swath of yeah. cinema. Mm-hmm. All right. So on this day that people aren't traveling, they're recovering from eating too much food the night in day before. Yeah. So we, we are recording this the day after Thanksgiving, yes. but this is a get home for Thanksgiving movie. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. the closest that we could get to, to an actual like, hey, there are Thanksgiving movies out there. That well, are I didn't really want to watch a kids movie. Yeah. A lot of the yeah. kids movies ones are, are like, Tom, the turkey's got to save the day or whatever. And Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that one's not my favorite. Like the great pump, the Halloween Great Pumpkins better, but, but this is really a great representation of kind of the hectic mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving, trying to get home in time for this magical event where it, you get to eat a lot and be with family. It's yeah. honestly a really it's a fun historical piece about what life was like before COVID or cell phones. Yeah, before cell phones, before COVID, but uh, before computers. Yeah, it, it was just <laughs> it was like really, really it, archaic. I mentioned uh, early on. I like that this feels like a real, like it takes place in a real world where there's just traffic everywhere. The place is stuffed full of people. Like a lot of movies, they yeah, and, stage and, it to not have any and, traffic. And or realistically, people. weather, snares, holiday travel, yeah, yeah, and just one. Small event sets you on your hero's journey, as it were. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Not, not able to fly from New York to Chicago and landing in Wichita, Kansas, of all places. And then how do you travel which is pretty, back then? Which is, remind me of my geography, it's a pretty good way south of both cities, it's west right? of Kansas City. 
Yeah, Kansas City is about so a four hour, three it, to four it's hour. Way, south. way southwest of Chicago. Yeah, which okay. Is where, okay. Yes. yes. So he overshot his destination. What a quite weird! A lot. What a weird by about as much as New York was from yes. Chicago. Yeah. So he That's doubled such a strange the strange diversion. Yeah. yeah. Well, when when it's a snowstorm and there's nowhere to go, mm-hmm. you have to go out of the storm and right. If you, it's you land in there, the safest. Yeah. Okay. That makes happens. sense. That's what happens. Yeah. They were the last ones to take off, I think, because they showed they had an air, air, you know, airport shot. But yeah. All right. Before we get farther into the film, we did have a couple beers. Yes. I, I do <laughs> want to briefly mention. Good, good um, call. Good call. I, I was like, hey, this is a travel movie. We're recovering from all the food we had. Let's not do anything super heavy. So I was like, hey, the other day I had the Pelican Brewing head out Hefeweizen. It's American style. Just basically a really lemony wheat beer. Which was really mild and nice to drink. It, it's like it's it's just super mild. And then I was at the store going, "Hey, we haven't done a von Ebert beer in a while. Let's do one of their pilsners." And I grabbed the German style pilsner from von Ebert. So this is this is a little more hoppy than I remember it being in the past, but that's okay. It's still really mild. Uh, we will talk more about these beers later on in the episode. But just to preface it, yes, we knew what we were going to watch ahead of time, and I was like, "Hey, I'm at the store. Let's just grab a couple of uh, four packs." Both relatively around ten bucks for a four pack. Uh, I think actually the head out came in a six pack of Tall Boys for like ten bucks, and the four pack of the pills from Von Ebert was like eight something. So not terribly expensive, reasonably priced, reasonable yeah. for what they are. And and I do know like at least the Von Ebert's gotten some medals for this beer because it's it's pretty decent. But I digress. This movie is a really interesting travelogue on how not to get stuck somewhere and how to use your connections to your advantage. Because seriously, John yeah. Candy knew everybody because he'd sold shower curtain rings to everybody. <laughs> what a specific thing. Or did he sell uh, hand-autographed Daryl Strawberry earrings? Yes. Or did he sell uh, earrings worn by Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say Hurley, but I don't think she was a big name at this time. No, not so, not so the early two thousands. Correct. But right. so, so, for those of you who haven't seen this film, yeah, it 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 follows the trajectory or the 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 advice of any scriptwriter of always throw obstacles in your main character's way. Yeah, and and it it really is a, a movie about overcoming obstacles. The goal is get home for Thanksgiving. Yes. And then everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And since we're following Neil Page, Steve Martin's character, he had the struggle of getting a taxi cab. He had the struggle of the plane being grounded. He had the struggle of finding a place to sleep. Well, for, uh, well the plane he, got he, diverted. He wanted to be in first class. He <laughs> got right. put in economy class with John Candy's character, yep. who yep. had stolen his taxi. But. Which he didn't I mean, know. John Candy was kind of his initial obstacle. Yeah. I mean, he tripped over his trunk immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I, I, I did. I love that. I didn't notice until this, this uh, watch through. I've only seen this movie like twice before. As Neil's making a deal with that attorney to like get his cab. Like, I need this cab. I have to get home. Uh, you see like little bits of flashes of, of Dell, his, his trunk, his blue uh, windbreaker. Like you don't quite see him until they're at, they're stuck there in the uh, the actual airport. Going, do I know you? I feel like I know. I, I'm great with names, but I'd be like, darned if I can't if I can't know remember who you are. Yeah, you stole <laughs> yeah. my cab. No, I never stole That's anything. How you I know? Never I never stole anything in my life, buddy. Like, he's just God. John Candy's just a, a big sweetheart in this movie. He's such a fun kind of goofy teddy bear. Well, with he, a, a, a real sadness inside. He's a bumbling obstacle for the main character. Yeah, 
but Who, innocent. He's he's well intentioned, but he never really does anything right. Yeah, he gets he gets in that room in the hotel where they share a bed, and then they get robbed. And they, but that's he get, not their fault though. No, but he also uh, rents a car under Neil's name, thinking, "Oh yeah, Neil would have done this for me." Yeah. When Neil showed no indication of being a nice guy. <laughs> He's just a cranky. Yeah. Cr- he's not not quite a curmudgeon, but he's just a worn out dude trying yep. to get home for his kids. And and I think the the <laughs> the main story points at finding while people have flaws, they're still good people, and you can treat yeah. people well. You don't have yeah. to treat them poorly. Which in the beginning of the film, he he was really kind of staged as somebody. He was an executive in an ad agency, and it's all cutthroat, and mm-hmm. he just wants mm-hmm. to get out of there. Yeah. And he turns around and finds out, hey, you know, sometimes you just can't be in a hurry. You just have to deal with it as it comes along. As those obstacles get put in your way, learn how to adapt and overcome them. None of the ways that he came up with worked. He had to rely on someone else who he felt was lower than him. Yeah. uh, Neil really grew as a person. Uh, Like, spoiler alert, I guess, but like this movie. For a 40-year-old film. Yeah. This movie's (laughs) like plenty old enough for you to have seen it and not worry about the ending. He eventually comes around and realizes he notices the clues and helps out Dell in his uh, I guess darkest hour. Like Dell's kind of has nowhere to go. Yeah, but he's traveling. Yeah, I mean, but, they, but he's he, traveling somewhere. It, traveling. It, it seems like Dell has been in this pattern for the last eight years since his wife died. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. Does does the character of Dell have a character arc? No, all. I don't think he does. He he just admitting that there's a problem and admitting he has nowhere to go is the arc. Him, yeah, him. He's just one of the obstacles for Neil to kind of grow as a person. Right. So he he is the thing that initiates Neil's character arc. Yeah. And and I I would also argue that Neil's character arc isn't great. It's not. I mean, I yeah. mean it's not really big. Yeah, he no. seems like a decent enough guy at the start. He just wants to get home to see his family. And then you, right. the way he interacts with people his growth, changes. His growth is to maybe broaden his definition of what family is. Yeah, yeah, it, I buy it that. It includes this additional guy or yeah. someone who is really in need during the holiday. We, we, and which I think you really see that when he's when Neil's on that railway, like the, the, the train. L, the, the elevated train. The elevated train which, uh, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. And you see the little flashes of uh, his like, memories. He sees his kids, like, oh, I can't wait to see my kids, my wife. And then he gets flashed to Adele, like, oh, that big, that big, uh, it's very that, big, that big softy. Yeah. And then he notices little hints, like, oh, oh, Dell doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And this guy I've been yelling at. And we got like an end of act two speech at like the halfway through act one. Yeah. The, the whole, like, uh, are you an idiot? Are you blah, blah, blah? I like me. My kids like me. Yada, yeah. Like, yeah. this is awfully early for these, like, well, sad speeches. I, w- I would almost <laughs> argue that that is the beginning, uh, or the end of act one. Where Dell yeah. decides, okay, I'm going to throw in my lot with, or where, where Neil says, I'm going to throw in my lot with Dell. I'd buy that. And, and that that is the action that propels the rest of the film. I'd buy that. Correct. That makes sense. Despite all the, the things we're talking about, how heavy it gets, this is a comedy. It is. It's very funny. <laughs> there's It's a lot of sight comedy. It's a lot of like 80s SNL kind of vibe. There, yeah. there's, there's one speech I referenced at the, the opening where it's the only time there's like genuine swearing, which is what earned this movie an R, where Steve Martin has... Because um, Steve it. Martin is so charming, even when he's being a complete, and you can believe this, Dan, asshole. But just he's frustrated, he's burned out, he thought he finally got it, he doesn't get what he wants. 
he yells at this uh this rental car clerk played by edith something she plays the secretary in ferris bueller she's just great midwestern actress and he just loses it and she hits him back with do you have the rental agreement sir and he just deadpan i threw it away <laughs> Which well gets you're every time. also you know <laughs> yeah, you're effed also she hits him with it and it's like it's a i god i love steve martin's delivery and john candy's being just like this gregarious fun like kind of midwest weirdo or or where does he say he's from does he say where he's from originally He's just an everyman. He's just an he's an everyman. He's just a fun everyman who sells shower curtain rings. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of a bumbling everyman. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. It, like I, I mentioned, I mentioned during the, the movie, it feels like a Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck cartoon, but toned down. A yeah, bit, yeah. It, I mean, it's not a lot of pratfalls. No, and, no. and weird vaudevillian stuff. Yeah. Like Neil's very, definitely very not so, met. Yeah. Like if they met uh, anywhere else, Neil and, and Dell would not be friends. No. Yeah. And I think that's and, made and clear. Most at the of very the film, yeah. they mm-hmm. were not mm-hmm. friends. No. <laughs> yeah. They were just, and, and he kind of like, when he's thinking to himself about stuff, he's like, I am just here. I, I need to get home. I don't care how I get there. I don't care how much it costs. Yeah. I don't care what I have to go through. I just need to get home because I promised my wife and my kids I would be there. Yeah. And so, which is traditionally and, a Christmas kind of thing, but yeah, I like the idea for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, and I think that the simple fact that he said multiple times throughout their journey, "I just want to go on by myself. I can get there faster by myself. Yeah. I don't. It's easier to travel by myself than with two people, because then you're dealing with all the stuff they dealt with." Oh yeah. So it's not necessarily wrong for him to have said that. Again, it's like I think it's an interesting growth story about his perspective and point of view in what he's doing versus the reality of what he's faced with and, mm-hmm. and and how does he come to grips with, oh, I need to learn how not to be that way because that's not a good way. I mean, it's fine, but it's not going to be nice to other people. And I think that's what he realizes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you see that when they're driving in the melted car, <laughs> the partially burned down <laughs> car, and they're singing. They're like freezing. It's like a convertible in, in November. Right, yeah. it, November it, and then It's the, the idea that we're all in this together. Yeah. He finally accepts, like, yeah, okay, this is happening. We're we're gonna get there. We're gonna sing. It'd be great. And then the car gets impounded. Again, another challenge for him to overcome. The car gets impounded right, because yeah. everything's melted. It doesn't have anything working. <laughs> it's but Gregarious Dell was able to find them a ride for the final lap uh, of in the, their in the back of that the refrigerated cheese truck. Yeah, well, yes. well but, but it got yeah. them there. It, it did got them there, and that was the whole point was just to get him there. And I don't think Dell even wanted to go to Chicago. Who knows if that was his destination or not? I, well, I mean, I Thanksgiving, know. nothing's open. Like, what was he going to sell yeah, to? Is he just going to hang out? Why was he going to Chicago? I mean, he was on the original flight. I imagine he knew somebody that he could stay with. He's, I he, guess. Dan mentioned earlier, he had connections everywhere. Yeah. Every other scene was him saying, I got a good friend. I, I hooked him up with a favor. He owes me one. We'll, we'll have, we're going to have a bed here. We'll have a car here. We'll have a yada, yada, yada. And that's a cool thing to do. I mean, he I, didn't have to do that either. He did. He, he, what you like, see is what you get. And, and nice in his guy. inner monologue that does get shown, he's like, I finally found somebody I can, you know, be friends with. Mm-hmm. That, and take that, my shoes and socks off next to on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it, fine if you're not next to somebody. Yeah, no, these guys were cringing when that happened in the film. But I'm like, I've done that. But there was no one next to me. And exactly. Because yeah. you, do you have people. manners. Because you're, like, yeah. you're not a caricature of a cartoon person, Dan. Yes. You're a person with feelings So what and cartoon character is he then? You, I mean, you had said Daffy D- Duck. Dell's and, Daffy Duck yeah. and Steve Martin's Bugs Bunny. It, it's the the straight man to the comic relief, even though they're both very funny. And Steve Martin does some really funny stuff, like pulling his fingernails out of the car when they suddenly stopped or yeah. doing a couple of pratfalls, like the only pratfalls in the movie. 
he's definitely the the straight man to the silliness that is Dell Griffith because Dell's a silly guy. He was like hawking his shower rings as earrings to make cash to get food at the bus station. Yeah, the bus station, yeah. And, uh, and Steve he Martin was quite successful. Yeah, it was great. And Steve Martin's just trying to get home to his kid. If he didn't have Dell, Neil would be a pretty boring character. Yes, and especially if he had followed his friend's advice and say, you know, just leave at eight. I said I'd be at home by nine. Wow, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I mean, actually, without Dell, I think Neil would have been stuck in Wichita. I'd agree with that. He would have never yeah. gotten back until three days after uh, Thanksgiving oh, when the flights. Because if Dell never showed they, up, he would have gotten that taxi. Yes, and still gotten stuck. That yeah. is correct. And they did say though, while he was like the next day, they were it was like an air air air. Port shot and yeah. they had over the overhead all flights or no it was on the news I think it was the news that when he had turned the TV on all flights had now been oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so he could have gotten a flight oh but he chose to follow this path instead of listen to the you know news forecast or yeah. whatever and find out that he could have gotten home faster but which is probably why his yeah. wife was so like emotional when he did get home she probably saw this like why is he not here yet <laughs> why is my husband why is my husband not here he's <laughs> making excuses. She should have driven and gotten him. Yeah, that, an that hour was a, and a half drive away. Come huge on, huge plot plot issue that they could have. That just I had a problem up. with. Being, yeah, and I agree. Being an Midwesterner who has been stuck in Chicago at Christmas Eve. Yes. Yeah. Take it's your kid. Not that hard to get in the car and go. Especially if your yeah. in laws are visiting. Leave yeah. the kids with them. Go get your husband. Bring him back. I know exactly. And it's like, been, why didn't that happen? <laughs> it's the same reason that Home Alone. You don't question how they can afford to get everyone tickets to France. In that huge house. Yeah. That's a big house. And his uncle calls his kid a jerk. Who does that? Anyway, we're talking about planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> love the comedy. Love the character development. Did this, this feel like a John Hughes film to you guys? A little bit. I think just it being in Chicago is the only thing that really clicks for me. I, I think the, the overall visual style matches yeah. his visual style and how he directs. I think the music score was like, Straight out of the eighties, yeah. yeah, felt very much oh of its God. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I that, buy that. that. Like weird synth poppy, happy music. And you even had said, "How does this music fit the scene?" Like, well, that last like, that last scene, yeah. it's a really over. It feels like something after the end of like a dramatic thriller. And this wasn't that. It was a comedy drama, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though you know when John Candy was doing some funny large man stunts. There was doing a the lot of round, a, doing the a lot of tuba round. in the yeah. score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of burp, burp, type stuff. Yeah, I buy that. That makes sense for John Hughes' style. So, if you have seen this film, look up the trivia if you're going to rewatch it because yeah. there's some interesting things about this. There's some funny spoofy. IMDb is a great place to start, but there are other places you can find trivia about it. I, I did. I pointed out to these guys. I was like, one of the top things was there's a, a scene at yeah. the very end, not the very, very end, but close to the end when they do get to Chicago and they're waiting for the L and you know, Neil gets on the train and John Candy's left there at the, at the station at, you know, yep, at, the, yep. at the platform and it pulls away and then it, it shows just before he gets off again, it pulls up to a station and you see somebody walking backwards and you're just like, and I pointed to the guys. I was like, it's no, it's real I quick. It's super quick. Yeah. It's just it's like a second long. It's just like, bam, bam. And it's, but it's like, and, and, oh, yeah. and, and so that's, that's an that. instance where the editor flopped the shot. Yep. To have it come in from the right direction. To have it come in from the right direction. Personally, I saw no reason to flop that shot. 
Yeah. Yeah. They didn't need to, but yeah, they, they did what they did. It, it happened. Um, I found some trivia I would love to kind of test you guys on. Okay. Sure. There are different actors considered for both Neil and Dell. Oh. I see three names here. Top of your head, who do you guys think were being considered that would be on IMDb for Dell Griffith? Think 80s. Think comedy. Like anyone from the Ghostbusters? Mm. I'm giving Dan a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, would, I would say a name. Jim Belushi. <laughs> He's not on there, but I wouldn't be surprised. Dan, give me a specific name. Um, I can't remember their names, though. My brain's failing me. Um, Mr. Vake, not Vakeman, but the other No, one, no, the, yeah. Yeah. Really? Bill Murray was Bill one of Murray? them. All right. Bill Murray as Del Griffith would have been really funny. Also considered Dudley Moore oh. and Robin Williams. Oh, oh that would have that been, been That would have been really, really yeah, cool yeah. to see him just doing Robin Williams at shtick. He would have like, just gone off and gone off script the whole thing. God, it would have like, been just, chaos. Just roll. That just roll. So it's okay. We don't oh care my God. Oh, 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 no. My, my trunk. I'm sorry, Neil. I'm so sorry. Uh, for Neil, um, there's two names I'm seeing here. I'll give you a hint. One was a superhero, and the other was on early SNL. Not Bill Murray for Neil Page. So an early Superman early su- would have been like, um, what's his name? I didn't um, say Superman. I said early superhero. Well, Superman is the only early one that's been on movies. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Michael Keaton oh, was considered oh, for a Neil Page. Oh, interesting. Oh, that Which I could see. Uh, the other one, Chevy Chase. I could see that. Yeah. yeah, I could absolutely see Chevy Chase yeah. being that that role. He, it's I, very spies like us or spies like. But me. he yeah. he yeah. wouldn't have played the straight man as well. No, he plays a straight Not nearly as. Well. I assume he would have done what he did in Caddyshack, where he's being a straight man but throwing little bits of silliness in there. But I think Steve Martin did a better job than than Chevy Chase would have. Yeah, because Steve Martin usually has this like beautiful delivery where he states like a crazy thing. But his tone's just all over the place. Like, oh man, this is terrible. We're all having a bad time, and he runs around. <laughs> well, I mean, you pointed out a few times where his delivery in the situation isn't how his visual is. Yeah. So he's God, very h- angry. Him, him. Thro- you can see him angry. Working in retail for so long, I loved him going. <laughs> I threw it away. <laughs> right. I would have loved that if I just asked somebody. Okay, you can return this book. Do you have your receipt? I don't have it. You know what? That's good enough for me. I'll do the return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, he, that car rental woman is like, no, you're out of here. Get out. Apparently, here. the original cut was like three hours. What? The, wow. I don't know if they have all the films still, but John Hughes shot a lot of footage. I'm, should, I'm glad they edited it. They, yeah, they, it's, it's it, it would have felt we're, long. We're ready yeah. for the director's cut of this film. <laughs> no, no, we are not. <laughs> for some reason, it has Harrison Ford doing narration. <laughs> Talk about replicants. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But yeah, I watched this movie sort of recently, like two years ago, for the first time. Then it was, and watching it, understood. I see why this is not a classic, but just this regards a good it's comedy, part of the like canon. Yeah. It's, it's, How, a can, it's a moment in time, yeah. yeah, and it fits the period really, really well. It doesn't, it doesn't stretch your imagination. There is towards the end some suspension of the, of, yeah. you know, before yeah. it's like you have a car. It had a car fire, yet the car still runs, and it's all burned out. But it's like it didn't really burn out all the way, and you're just like you're sitting in it. I'm like, and the credit okay, cards yeah. are melted, but not the wallet. Yeah, that, that, that again for comedic effect. Like here's here's my gas card charcoal here's my amex charcoal (laughs) 
Here's my Diners Club card. And Diners <laughs> Club, I don't even know if that still exists. <laughs> I'm yeah, not that, sure what that, that's an 80s. Thing. I'm young enough that I'm not sure what that is. It's it's like a Mastercard or Visa or, or any of those. Yeah, it's but like it a was, discover. I think it was only taken in very restaurants, specific, right? Yeah, very specific. Oh, places. that makes sense. Yeah, so it's kind of like that seems awfully specific. I don't know. Now I need to get my phone out or, or search the interwebs, so, and I'm not going to do that while we're talking. But so, so as a cl- as a piece of like history this covers the travel portion not the like because a lot of holiday movies cover like the drama of family and and the tensions people get together this This is like getting the obstacle of getting home for the holidays which a lot of people who have distant families can relate to for sure yep 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 yep. went to school i went to college a eight hour drive away Uh, i live on the other side of the country for my family now (laughs) I fully understand that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I personally have spent uh, Christmas Eve in Chi- Chicago O'Hare Airport because I was snowed in oh, on the way home for Christmas. Did you have any wacky misadventures with the lovable salesman? <laughs> no. No. It That's was, probably good. It was, was probably just, good. <laughs> it was all misery. Ah. And that was the last time I ever flew home for Christmas. Understandable. I just said, you know. I'd rather pay less money to come home for longer in January. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our family's the same way where my parents, if they can avoid it, they don't travel anywhere near the holidays. Yeah. Like it's just, like, it's misery. Why, why, why put up the stress? Yeah. No, no one there's happy to be there. It's going to be, depending on the weather, you might not get home in time. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like a whole airport full of angry people. Right. I mean, th- there is definitely something to be said for being home for the holidays. Yeah. But if you arrive there frazzled, stressed out, angry, and then displace your anger on your family, it's, it's not going to end well. It's that leads, not worth it. That leads to the, the, the psycho, psycho thriller sequel of Planes, Trains, and Murder Mobiles, right. where Neil kills his whole family. Yeah. <laughs> so here's an interesting crossover. Uh-huh. Final destination with this. <gasps> I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking of like horror travel films, and it's like, that's a great one because a majority of them die on the road. Well, not on much. Well, I mean, they, they get the warning. Well, the first one, it starts on a plane, right? And he says, we need to get off this plane. Yeah. And the plane explodes. And ever since then, death's chasing him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Lots of, lots of don't, don't drive behind a semi trailer full of logs. Boy, I, I can't, I can't uh, anymore. I changed lanes as soon as I ruined, can. <laughs> that ruined it for me too. I was like, I can't do that. So just thinking about like, how would that play into a great crossover? That would be a those, cool crossover. Like, make, make it up. Alternate universe. Here we I mean, go. if I had my madness. I mean, it's funny you say that. If I had my druthers, I'd love to make this like a like an MCU crossover where like Captain America and Black Widow have to get back to the base for whatever reason. They keep getting the hijinks. <laughs> you get a little bit of that in Winter Soldier, but like it's all a spy. Cra- it's all spy drama. Yeah. It'd be fun to see her like, uh, yeah. So I left the cigarette and I burned the car down with my shield in it. Yeah, your shield's in there. <laughs> yeah, but he it. pulls it out of his wallet and it's <laughs> yeah. all charred. Yeah, Tony Stark to, gave me this card. It's burned. They're not allowed back on the compound because they don't have any ID. <laughs> exactly. They're like, we don't know your cosplay. I don't know who you are. You could are. be a scroll. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Let me see your ID. Uh, it burned up. I have the shield. <laughs> Maybe I can get a shield. Yeah. They make uh, those. Brian, any crossovers you want to see now that we're doing this? I, I didn't even think of that. Because <laughs> it's totally fun. fun. No, it, this is a fun movie. It's There's a couple points where it gets a little saccharine, which mm. might be part of that John Hughes just kind of mush it in there yeah but that's john hughes like the the two speeches back and forth early on but it, overall it's a really fun movie yeah 
It is. And with this fun movie, we drank a couple of interesting beers. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. We drank we, one in the proper style, and the other one, I guess, in the proper style. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to ask as I reach my glass over, hey, my friend, can you let pour me, me some more water? Because let me go ahead and I just did, get this position. I don't spill everywhere. I, I did not hydrate during, but I'm hydrating after. I refuse to hydrate. Well, okay. So beer is 80 <laughs> to 90% water. So it's true. Beer, <laughs> hey, I like hydrating. My wife yes. likes hydrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we started out with the Head Out from Pelican Brewing, which is an American-style Hefeweizen, which is really basically just a lemony wheat beer. It really doesn't have the yeasty, any spice at do, all. Do Hefeweizens ever have yeasty spice? I thought they were always kind of heavier on banana. If So clove and banana. Okay, okay. The esters are the banana. The clove is the spice. I'm Sorry to cut you off again. What, has, what, remind me what an ester is? That's the flavor profile that comes from the oh, yeast that okay. produces the banana-y sort of rotten flavor. It, people think it's banana, but it's actually more of just a rotten, the same thing that comes from oh. farmhouse yeast. I mean, it's it's just a byproduct of the yeast as it generates the alcohol, meets oh, okay. the sugars and poops out alcohol, and there you go. <laughs> and creates CO2. It gets bubbly. That's right, Here, folks. You, you have beer. You have beer, <laughs> drinking poop. It's all good. So this is a really interesting beer. Um, let me read a little bit about it. Yeah. This is, let me scroll down on my notes. Uh, 4.8%, 30 IBU inspired uh, here. And if you've never been to Pelican Brewing out on the coast, they have a couple locations. Go to the one that's on the beach. Oh, that's the one on the, the beach is delightful. It's beautiful. It, it's just, it's it's genuinely on the beach. You get your yep. beer, you, you wrap up, and you go walk around the sand. Yep. So this is a simple weed ale has a light malt sweetness. It's bright floral character, melon-like hop aroma, refreshing, full-bodied, uh, two-row malt, wheat, uh, Ella hops, pure Quebec yeast. So the interesting thing is, so again, we're going to talk about Quebec yeast here in a minute, but pure coastal water. So it is actually brewed on the coast and they use reverse osmosis or something. If it's coastal water, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not you, ocean you, water. You have, but, to take, yeah. you have to take the salt out of it. Well, every yeah, every I, river and stream flows into the ocean. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so sorry, if they catch, I, I pause. They catch a river or a lake or a stream right before it hits the ocean. Yes. Sorry, I pause because I was about to say a thing about uh, Jacobson, but I don't know if they still do it because I haven't worked there in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we yeah. want, I can do the you, the ad style that Aaron does. You do some copy for us. Inspired by our home in the Pacific Northwest, this beer celebrates the journey over the destination. Enjoy our bright and refreshing wheat ale, whether you're heading out to explore lush estuaries and action-packed beaches, or simply kicking back at home, diving into the subtle nuances of light malt sweetness and juicy hop character this beer has to offer. Loaded with white wheat malt and balanced with melon and floral aromas, Head Out Hef will take you on a journey to discover new wonderlands of wheaty hop flavor, whatever path may call to you. I'd say except for the pauses, I kind of nailed it. Uh, we, yeah. we should just fire Aaron. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do it. <laughs> so 4.8% for Hefeweizen is pretty close to being on point. American style tends not to have the clove and the estery notes. It tends to be more fruit flavored. Huh. I would say this hits all of those on the nose uh, using a Quebec yeast. So Quebec is a type of yeast that's got introduced about six, seven, eight years ago. Oh, so relatively market. recent. It's, it's a yeast that's been around for hundreds of years. In oh. the Nordic countries, they we miss you, some researchers found it being used in some small towns and cities mm-hmm. and villages, and they're like, "Hey, you're making beer with the seas? What is this?" 
and they took it back and studied it and said, oh, hey, well, they call, it's called Quebec because that's where that's what it's called back there in, in, in Norway and Sweden. Quebec, like Q or K at the no, beginning? K-V-E-I-K. Cool. And the really fun thing about this beer is it does lend itself to being more of a Hefeweizen or a wild ale yeast because it generates those if you ferment it at warmer temperatures. Oh. So, again, there's two kinds of beers in the world. Ales and lagers. True. Top ferment, bottom ferment. Warm, cold. Very few yeasts can survive at one or the other temperature if they're based on, hey, if I'm making a lager, mm-hmm. if it goes above 50 to 60 degrees, it's going to be challenged. It's not going to really do anything until it drops in temp. Ale yeast needs to be above 62 to 65. If it gets below that, it's going to stop doing its thing. Yeah. Quebec yeast goes from 40s up to 100. Whoa. It's one of those weird creatures that So it's that a very survive. versatile. It's a big range. And, yeah. and the flavors it produces or byproducts it produces vary based on the temp it's at. So that's why this is a, like, Quebec yeast is really, it's amazing for people who are homebrewers because you can use it in any kind for of style. Anything. Yeah. And you can actually hybridize beers by saying, hey, I'm using an ale recipe, but I'm going to use a Quebec yeast. I'm going to start fermenting warm, and then I'm going to cold crash it and take it down and let it sit a long time and still continue to ferment out and get different flavors out of that yeast at those lower temps. Or the other way around, start lower and go up or go back down or whatever you want to do. Interesting. So it's, it's a great thing for people who are brewers to have those options and usually... Why, why would a commercial producer use that though? Yeah. Because it allows you to make mistakes. <laughs> like when you train I'm the glad new guy, I asked. <laughs> like when you train the new guy. Yeah. No, seriously. If you screw up, it doesn't matter. Okay, because the beer is still going to, the yeast is still going to huh. live and survive. I mean, as long as it's here on your initial, you know, fermentation tank, and you're just letting it sit and do its thing. And if you're off a couple degrees, not a worry, because it's still going to do what it needs to do. Some yeasts are very delicate and, and really only work at certain temps. This goes all over the map. And if it's a pure strain, it means it's even more hardy and can just do whatever. They probably have propagated their own, like they've gotten, it's expensive, they got some. Their own and they're strand. Just, they're they just reusing just clones it. it. They're, they're just, just reusing it over and over I mean, and over. that's pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. So and, you, and where could you find this fine beer? Yeah. So where, Pelican, this was bought. In Dan's house. <laughs> yes. Uh, initially, some friends gave me a four-pack of it the other day, but I did stop at Fred Meyer the other day and <laughs> grabbed a six-pack of this, Tall Boys, for about eight, nine bucks. And I grabbed a four-pack of the second beer that we had, which is Avani Brut Pilsner, also at Fred Meyer. I was like just walking down the beer aisle. The one in Hollywood District has a huge beer aisle with that, a lot that of That one's local great. Stuff. They have a great selection. I, I love that location. And it, their stuff rotates quickly. So if you find something you like, buy a bunch of it because they might not have it the next week. You come back to buy groceries. This beer is distributed widely. Pelican yeah, is a well-known it, brewery. And I, so I was going to make that point. Vancouver has at, it. At least in, you know, here the in the suburbs. northwest, yes. I've seen it in several locations. Yes. I've bought it before also. You've had some not-so-fun Un- experiences with it. Unfortunately, though. I bought some that clearly was on the shelf for a while. Yes. And I won't I won't talk about where, mm. but it was heat-struck. Yes. Unfortunate. So, so you want you want to make sure... So clearly, this beer is susceptible to being left spoil, on the shelf versus spoiling not if it, yes. it's left on the shelf. Four point eight percent. There's no hops in it. I mean, thirty IBU is is really really low. You're not going to taste any of it simply because of the right. the flavor and the the hops that they're using are just more pointing towards the citrus style and not super strong alpha acidity. It's not. It, they're really mild. 
milder beers, again, as we've talked about many times, yeah. are going to go bad with heat or room temperature. You yeah, can yeah. maybe get away with a few weeks once it's brewed and canned. If it goes from refrigeration to room temp for a couple of weeks, you might be okay. But beyond that, if you're at a big box store and you see it on the shelf and you buy a, a flat or a six buyer or beware, pack, right? Buyer beware, because yeah. that could very well be so heat it, struck. It, it needs to be in refrigeration? Could I, it be in yeah. a cellar? A cellar or refrigeration, okay. yeah. I mean, it, but Just as I, long as the general temperature stays low enough. Yeah. But and not, you know, at 70 or 80 degrees here when it's... Yes. Cold if outside. Yeah, and yeah. They're heating the building. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And and that's and certainly again, not in Hummer in summer. Yes. When you've got a Hummer. I mean, yes. in the in the Hummer in the trunk of a Hummer during summer. Right. It's a real bummer. You don't want to go there. It's not going to turn out well. This this is one of those this, lighter beers. This, this just, one turned out great. Yeah. I love the flavor. I I used to be big into Hefeweizens for like a month, and then just sort of got over them. And, but every time I have one when it's like cooler, I, I think this is pretty good. This is a pretty tasty beer. And again, this is American style, so this is mm-hmm. again just a it, it's really more fruit, nice, not a lemon, a lemon wheat beer. This does not have the fruity esters. That I didn't get a whole has. lot of lemon on it. I mean, I got a little bit, a little bit on the back. I mean, and, and that's the nice thing about it. It's just a nice wheat beer. Yeah. it's not offensive yeah. in any way. People who it, are like, oh, I don't really like beer. It, it ma- I think it matched the movie like pretty. I think it matched the movie pretty well. Like yeah. I, I pointed out the like the a lot of earth tones on Dell and it kind of just pretty just not bland, like not muted, but just kind of realistic colors in the film. It's just very like it's just easy to watch. This isn't yeah. bright. Yeah. It's not like well, watching the, like Speed Racer or something with a lot of bright colors. It's it, you know, it's, it's, and, it's and, real life. And the film, true to John Hughes, was not an offensive film. Yeah. Yeah. There, there wasn't a lot. This is not a criticism, but mm-hmm. it, it was not a challenging film Cur- yeah, in agree. most instances. Man, some days I just want to eat some potato chips, man. Yeah. Some days you just want to watch a movie that doesn't make you think. And and so this this beer, not challenging, yeah, but not offensive. Exactly. Uh, clean, Enjoyable. Easy drinking. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Unless it's heat struck and then it's not clean. <laughs> it's gonna be and bad. it's gross. Then it's like, it's it's like watching Stanley Kubrick movie with the, the peeled open eyes. Oh, too Clock, oh, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. So watch it, Clockwork Orange uh, in, in German. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> but the uh, other beer, I don't think matched as well, but I still liked it. Yeah, I mean, I, so I picked out a Pilsner. I was like, hey, we haven't done a Von Ebert in a while, and this was the, the one that I... It has been a while, hasn't it? I, I was like, hey, it says Pils on the can. Oh, this is the German-style Pilsner, not their American style. Both are award-winning. This, this one has World Beer Cup gold medal. And this also has 2022 silver from the Amer- Great American Beer Festival. I mean, the so can's this, pretty cool. It's got the outline of their uh, the yeah. boar with the uh, mountains in the background. Uh, fresh floral white peppercorn and lightly toasted crackers. Yeah, I can taste the pepper in it. Yeah, yeah. So I, didn't get, the, I didn't get the spice. pepper. I got, well, I, got the, I, I, I didn't know what that was, but yeah, now yeah. I I got that. Yeah, so I didn't get the pepper. I did get the cracker taste. So 4.9 percent, and you're gonna get that toasted cracker from. The, the malts that they're using, which are going to probably be killed a little harder and, and be, let's just say, drier. Mm-hmm. And they probably, so when you make your beer, the first step is to take your grains and soak them in water at a certain temp. The lower the temp, the sweeter it is. The higher the temp, the drier it is. Because you're, you're, huh. the sugars release more and don't com- stay clumped up and combined at certain oh, temps. So, so the lower the temperature, the sweeter yeah. because they're not, okay. Yeah. So there's cool. not as much activity going on. But the warmer the temp, the more activity. And then, of course, the hops you're using are going to give it more pungency. And 
So the yeast that they're using gives you that peppercorn. That is not a hot profile. That is not a malt profile. That is a yeast That's profile. That's the yeast flavor. And so if they're using a Bavarian-style yeast or some sort of German-style yeast is going to have that. That's that's pretty much indicative of German-style beers tend to be more spicy. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why this has gotten awards, because it fits into that category really closely. Um, super clean, crisp. Uh, some of us drank it out of the can. Some of us drank it out of a glass. Thoughts on that? Any difference? Did you did you? I notice? only did can. It tasted fine. All right. All right. I, I every time I, when it comes to pilsners, I don't notice a lot of difference between them. I I can tell between different styles of beer, but within that particular beer style, I don't notice much difference. Like I had a pilsner, I had a pilsner yesterday, and it tasted not as robust as this one. Like, this one definitely had more going on than the one I had yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, I liked it. Yeah, I, I would say that this is a definitely more complex beer than the first beer we had. Yes. there There's definitely more flavors in it. Um, yeah. I was tasting the pepper. I didn't know what I was tasting. I, I didn't define it. Um, and I did not like the spicier flavor. And, and as much as the first beer, super super accurate and and cool. I mean, it, it's not for everybody. Uh, again, American style pilsner, German style, yeah, yeah, French, Italian, Spanish, Martian. Every, every country kind of has you know their own a take style. on how the Czech style pilsners tend to be more sharp and herbal. This you know German ones can have more spice. Italian ones are f- Italian style and French styles tend to be more floral. Yeah. The American styles just tend to be more adjunct. So corn and yeah. more more of the corn, corn and wheat flavor. Corn and wheat flavor they tend to be more malt forward than yeah. anything yeah. else. And and again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those. This style for what it is and what they advertise it as it's very much on style. Very fits yeah. on style. Yeah. It's very accurate. And it, it's, you know, a, it's in the correct lane. Unlike Dell and Neil, when they got turned not, around, they were and never in the right driving lane. the wrong direction. <laughs> I felt sorry for those people who were waving at him and yelling at them. Ah, uh, they were ah, uh, they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did like it. I don't know if it matched the movie as much, in my opinion. Yeah, like it was I still agree. really good. This felt like the first beer we were drinking felt like Dell would recommend it, and the second one felt like Neil would recommend it. I can see that, and Neil would be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let me prove you wrong. Yep. No, I'm telling you, it's a great beer. <laughs> it is a great beer. So if if you're going to watch this film, find something that's not necessarily distracting, but might yeah. be fun to go with a travel log. Some, something easy of, to drink with yeah, your buddies. Yeah. This is definitely a watch with your buddies movie. I watched yeah. it by myself the first time, thought this is fine, but it was great watching with you guys. Yeah. It's a little boring in one it it, it it has one swim lane and it sticks to that lane very yeah. it, ta- it takes it, it, yeah. it's not a complex film it's nah, just nah, 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 nah. character has a destination has obstacles overcomes the obstacles gets to the destination this would be a great movie to <coughs> just very straightforward film yeah this would be a great a film to to play like behind a bar at like a cool place that just projects movies while you know the shift is going because you some, don't you don't need to know the dialogue no yeah it's no. yeah just you watch can it see what happens yeah, yeah you, you can hang out with friends kind of chat <laughs> 
and you, every once in a while get involved in the film, yeah, have like, a laugh. Like, oh, hey, I remember on. this scene. This yeah. is great. Yeah. You don't have to worry about pausing it for pee breaks or anything like that. Yeah. And again, so not necessarily for kids. A lot of the jokes will go over their it's, head. Yeah, it's a even little... teenagers, even with the language that's in it, yeah, it's really boring. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really for people who have had to travel for the holidays, people who have a bit of life experience to go, yeah, I met guys like that. I know or people like that. just been mashed together with someone you just don't jibe with. Yes. Brian, yeah, Dan's right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't talk about me like that. Now nah, we all get along. We, I can hear you. Now nah, we all love each other. Yes, we do. Great Hollywood take on travel film. I think there aren't a lot of them out there that, at least from the 80s and 90s, that work as well as this one does. Um, there yeah. may be newer ones. I like I said, if I was going to mash up, I would I would turn this into a horror film because that would be more driven and more interesting to watch. Just as a comedy, it's really shallow and it's kind of boring. I'm, I I'm sorry, almo- as compared to today's movies, it's. Really I almost want to say I read a blog somewhere that pitched that Dell Griffith was the devil testing Neil. But I don't know if that's actually true if I'm complaining with another movie. Well, okay, so when they were traveling the wrong direction and ended up going in between the two semis and the <laughs> yeah. car was throwing up sparks and they were looking at each other and suddenly, you know, John Candy's character is in a devil outfit. And, and, I'm wondering if that was like, and yeah. they were, And they were, maybe this is another surprise, they both, they showed them as skeletons. And does that mean they actually died at that point? And then the rest of the movie is, is them with, him, him with, going through purgatory to, to get to heaven. Purgatory atonement yes. to get to heaven, heaven. which is I, back with your family. That's yes. why that weird music played at the last scene. Yeah, Although, according to the trivia, John Candy, the, the movie Uncle Buck ends the same way with John Candy doing a tight lip tight lip grin. And the movie just freezes. Like, what? Why? Yeah, it <laughs> why doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a John Hughes thing. It's a yeah. signature. It's a I mean, signature he does move. freeze it on a John Bender throwing his fist up at the end of a breakfast club. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is something to be said for deconstructing the film in that way and saying, yeah, maybe it was they died. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of room between two semis on a two-lane highway going one direction. I'm but, like, I'm but sorry, two- but they probably died. But, you know. You don't I like know. that the trucks are keeping even with each other, which is a weird thing to do. <laughs> yeah. They're not supposed to do that. They're but, not. Well, we, and, they, and they showed it for a long time before they got there. They're like, oh, you they know must have known. They must have known each other. Through yeah. a raw wrestling competition. Yes. <gasps> Crossover with Over the Top. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who's driving that truck? Oh, man, those guys really drove between us. So Mr. Stallone was driving one and his son was driving the other. <laughs> yeah. That's why they drove side by That's side. That's the crossover I want. <laughs> Holy. Tune in next time for a movie and a beer. We, we make that movie. <laughs> we're going <gonna make> <laughs> to review a movie we made. None of you have seen. We're going we're gonna to drink a beer that Dan made and not tell you about it. <laughs> That's right. There you go. All right. As always... So, yeah. <sighs> thanks for listening and hanging out. I mean, this was an interesting film to watch post holiday travel is still happening. I have friends who traveled to the East coast yesterday. Who made it safely. They've got to get home. And now, mm-hmm. well, no, they, they no, they're, they're going to be there for a week. <laughs> so it's an extended stay, but yes, they, they had to travel on things. Well, the day after they traveled this morning, actually, I think they, they're at the airport at 5 a.m. So Ooh-wee. yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them. Their travels. Good luck to anybody um, who travels at any weird hour for yes. any reason for the holidays. Plan a por- appropriately. Take extra things. Yep. Yep. Take that kitchen sink. And in- <laughs> invent teleportation. That would solve it all. Yes, That it doesn't would. teleport you where your head's backwards. You got to look at your butt like in Spaceballs. Yeah. Right. All right. So as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this recording, those are the hosts. Thanks for hanging out and listening. And if you don't hydrate, you're going to dihydrate with a great set of shower curtains. Shower curtain rings and mm-hmm. shower curtains. Yeah, and I, I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs>
So this is Brian signing <laughs> off. Thanks for listening. This is Blake signing off. I don't know why I went to Brian first, but okay. I'm just like, somebody's going to say goodbye, goodnight. All right. So well, good, usually Aaron kicks up, but yes. he has to go. He, he's traveling. He's not here. He's traveling. He's, he's currently dealing with a John Candy type, uh, talking his ear off and, and culling a, him in bed. On a bus or something. I don't know. Anyway, Aaron, how, how come back does safely. Does he rent a car? I don't how does know. he go? Let's not blow up is. Aaron's spot, but I think All so. Right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening and hanging in there. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, people. Bye. Ha- Happy holidays. <laughs>